Welcome back, everybody. This is the Rama Podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed episode one and two. If you listen to them, thank you for sticking around for the third. Today, we're going to be talking about the power and the ability to choose. What does it mean? Why did God give it to us? Um, where did it come from? And all sorts of things like that. So I hope you'll enjoy today's podcast. And once again, welcome to the Rama Podcast. So I'm sure you've heard the saying that what separates humans from the animals is our ability to choose. And that sentence is true. And I feel a lot of rhema when I hear that sentence, which leads me to the question, why would God or why would our creator give us the ability to choose? And I want to start off by reading um, scripture. It's from the book of James. I'm going to start at verse two. The heading is trials and temptations. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking any, anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And I'll pick up from verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life um, that the Lord has promised to those who love them. So here it says that God wants us to be perfect. Now, there's lots of ways that, um, lots of aspects and things that humans can perfect, but I think here he's talking about being perfect in love because love is literally everything. Everything comes from the umbrella of love. So, But here he's talking specifically about agape love. Agape love is... Um, a completely selfless love that invests in others and um, does not think about itself whatsoever. So it's a love that's completely free from selfishness. It does not think about itself. Um, and that's, that's agape love. Uh, that, I believe that that's the love that we were born out of is a perfectly um, selfless love. So when we are perfect, we love unselfishly. Um, just like when we give up our lives for a friend, that is 100% unselfish because you're giving your life. That sentence carries a lot of rhema too. But we live in a broken world. Um, so in this world, selfish love exists. But in heaven, selfish love does not exist. Um, but is everyone capable of this love? Is everyone capable of this agape love? This is where we find out. By our choices, um, if we choose to persevere, I think perseverance and persevere is a word that really stood out to me throughout um, me reading the scriptures of James. Is do you persevere, specifically the condition under the trials of life? Um, so let now let's talk about being great. How does one become great? Because everyone wants to be great. But no one ha- not, not everyone has what it takes to be great. And in fact, I think the phrase, uh, the phrase talk is cheap was born out of that sentence because it's the actions that are actually worth. It's where the meat is. The actions are where the meat is. So, In fact, some people want to be great so bad, but they don't want to go through the work so bad that they will scam people into thinking they're great. That happens every day. 
Um, so those people are not living in the truth, which will, if you're not living in the truth, it will come out eventually. So how does one actually become great? Well, they overcome. They overcome a trial or a sort of suffering. And how do you overcome? You persevere. Perseverance is an attitude. Um, it's not given, it, not everybody has it. Um, so why would James say to consider it pure joy? Um, why would you considering why would you consider suffering pure joy? Well, we can look to the verse Isaiah 48:10 for that. It reads, and this is the Lord speaking to Israel. See, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. So we can look at the furnace of affliction as the metaphor of life and your trials. And it certainly is a furnace. I think that's a great metaphor for that. So when silver is tested for purity and to remove impurities, it's blasted uh, in the fire. And what the fire does is it makes the impurities rise to the surface so that they can be scraped off. And it also allows you to see how pure the silver is. So it can refine the silver and it can show how pure something is. Now, I want to switch gears to, to have you think about we're God's children and he's our father. Um, and actually says in Genesis that he um, breathed his spirit into us. So like a mother, a child shares a mother's and father's genes, we share our father's. We're an embodiment of God's love and light. And that's how we're supposed to um, we're his disciples, so we're supposed to show that who he is through us, through our embodiment, and through our light, but not everyone makes that choice, and that's where the gold, where the meat is, is, is in the choices that you make. The choices that you make become who you are, so think about this um, analogy. If we're God's children, then let's look at the father-mother-child metaphor. Imagine you had a child and you did not allow it to choose. Um, you made all the choices for it. It did not make any choices. Who would the child be? Um, certainly not itself. The child would be who you wanted it to be. And that is a selfish love. If it's something you want the child to be, you're acting out of selfish love. And that's not, um, that's not agape love. That's not who we are at the core we are a God love. We're, we're supposed to be 100% selfish, selfless. And I believe in the next life we'll be redeemed. But here is where um, we're being tested. Here is where we find out if we are that overcomer, if we're that perseverance. I mean, if, if we have that perseverance. So um, by God allowing us to make decisions, um, he makes us purely who we are. God allows us to grow and allows us to build character through our choices. So through our choices, we're actually becoming who we're meant to be, um, God willing. Um, so now I want to talk about Martin Luther King Jr., who um, inspires me deeply to the core. Um, he was a godly man. Actually, his father studied divinity, and his father changed his name to Martin Luther after Martin Luther from the Protestant Reformation. So they were very godly people, and um, what I love about Martin Luther King Jr. is there's no one like him, um, specifically from the 20th century. He told his followers that you're going to be spat on. They're going to release the hounds on you. They're going to release the fire hydrants on you. 
They're going to um, <clears throat> say all these horrible things to you. They're going to beat you, but don't you dare fight back. Don't you dare use any words of violence. And if you do use violence or if you do fight back um, using violence, then, you, you, then I'll know that you're not one of us. So Martin Luther King Jr. became extremely famous. There's Martin Luther King Jr. statues and memorials, and we have Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He's honored all over the world. Um, people think about him every day in life. His I Have a Dream speech um, is timeless and will live on. But think about um, if Martin Luther King Jr. hadn't chose to do that. Would he be the great man that he is today? Would he have the legend that he is today if he didn't choose to stand up and do what was right? Um, probably not. Um, he is, he, he has that legacy because he was great because he made the choice of love. Can a lot of people make that? I know I have a really hard... Um, Time making that choice. Somebody honked at me the other day as soon as the light turned green, and it made me upset. Which I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm not capable of that, but I'm just saying how hard it must have been, and how much Martin Luther King Jr. had to persevere because he was being spat on. You know, called all, all sorts of slurs and horrid names and. You know, felt like needles were blasting into his skin when they released the fire hydrants on them and um, let the German shepherds just, you know, rip into their skin. I mean, I'm sure that that was, um, that was horrible. And then we, we can look to Jesus, how he, he chose to carry his cross. Um, he chose to carry that burden for us. And he didn't get up there and say, you know what, guys, I'm not going to do it. I've chosen not to do it. He made the choice. And because he made that choice, he became great. Another thing is God allows us to suffer, to overcome, and essentially preserve our soul. So if you think about it as like a, a child and a vaccine, like a baby, a newborn baby, going to get the vaccine. When the baby is about to get the vaccine and they see the needle, they know that something is wrong and they look to the parent and they know that the parent is supposed to be doing something about it because they see the needle as harm. But the baby's not able to understand that the vaccine is going to preserve life. And that's not to say that the father or mother's heart isn't hurting while the baby's getting the vaccine, but the parents know better. They know that the vaccine is going to bring life and it's sort of the same thing with me helping my students. When I see the students struggling, it hurts me. I'm like, oh no, what do I do? Do I, should I help? Should I, should I back off? I don't know what to do, but I don't want them to be upset at themselves because they feel like they can't do something. But then when they do it and I haven't helped them any, it's, it feels amazing for me because I know it feels amazing for them. So it's not to say that our suffering doesn't hurt God's heart, but he knows that through the suffering comes the preservation of life. And I just want to finish with some verses from Revelation. And Revelation has a lot of um, 
different stuff in it and some people shy away from it but it really has a lot of blessings in it if you um really take the time to listen to what Jesus is saying in Revelation so a little backstory on on Revelation um it was written by John on the island of Patmos while he was in chains for preaching the gospel Jesus appeared to him in a vision and he um grabbed a pen and paper and wrote it down so I'm going to read some of the um Verses from Revelation. These are specific verses that I went through and highlighted that talk about overcoming and being victorious and persevering. So, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the one who is victorious, will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the one who is victorious, I will give a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. I will also give that one the morning star. To the one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my father and his angels. To the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father, which blows my mind because how can I sit on a throne with Jesus when he was crucified and I um, am living a cush life? Just going to be honest. So I want to finish with this verse um, James 1.18, it really stood out to me. It says, he, talking about the Lord, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of fruit first of all he created. And to me, that's, that's um, being, a, being an embodiment of our creator, which is embodying love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control, um, which... I will continue to practice thanks to this podcast and reminding me of that. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, Take care. Bye.